Hello everyone, Katie Ganderton here, also known as Tenacious Kate and your host of this podcast. This podcast is about being tenacious in all aspects of our lives and there is nowhere else I would rather be. I have left my full-time career as a dental hygienist to become a stay-at-home mom with multiple residual income revenues, being a keynote speaker and going after goals I want and living out life on my terms 10 years later and now getting to teach that forward so that you can embody tenacity and stop staying in that comfort zone. This podcast is for you. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rise with Tenacity. My name is Katie Ganderton, also known as Tenacious Kate, and I am super excited to be here with another fantastic guest this week. And I truly want to um, talk a little bit about what this, what we do on this podcast, you guys. And with Rise with Tenacity, what we do is we are showcasing women that have risen with tenacity, hence the name. So keeping it super simple and original. Um, but one of the things that I have found through my Rise with Tenacity is there's a lot of coaching out there. I mean, you can find it all over the place, which is fantastic. But one of the things that I feel like is super impactful for women, um, even men, but um, in our industry or business ownership is really hearing other people's journeys through what they've gone through, because you can either relate to them, you can walk in their shoes, you've been there, um, and you can take away that piece knowing that someone else has had success in exactly what it is that you might be um, experiencing today. And so that is my hope that you will continue to step forward in tenacity and, and rise in whatever direction it is that you are going. And so um, I'm going to introduce our amazing guest today. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her. Her name is Christy De Jesus. I think I got that. Yes. Um, she is a mother of five, you guys, mother of five, a fitness um, instructor, a former NFL cheerleader, an elementary teacher, living life debt free. That is definitely, you guys, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's definitely, it's one of those, it's a dream and it's, and it can come true. Okay. She lives in the suburbs of Charlotte. Um, Christy has been leading fitness classes and teams of entrepreneurs for the last 24 years. And she believes a healthy and tenacious woman is someone who is a strong in body, mind, and spirit. And so you guys, please give our guest today a warm welcome. Thank you, Christy, for being here with us and sharing your story. Thank you so much. You know, I'm a very humble woman. So hearing all that, I'm like, who she talk? She talking about me? That's me. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just so I'm so thrilled to be here. It's wonderful to connect with you. And thank you for the opportunity to come on and just share some things that I've learned along the way, raising a large family, being in the fitness industry, and just the different places and stages of life that I've gone through. I'm very honored to be here. Thanks for well, having me. I appreciate it. And I and I think some of the things that we talk about with your particular background, there's a lot to like unpack there. And there's a lot of challenges in all the different aspects that you have. Um, you know, and we have quite, we have a couple things in common, which is really, really cool. And so, you know, when you talk about fitness, when you talk about the NFL cheerleader, when you talk about, you know, entrepreneurship, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of mindset stuff. And when, then I also go into the health and wellness industry of like body um, you know, your body composition, because I have struggled with body dysmorphia in the past, you know, and, and I would probably say it, there's always still some tiny bit about it. But, you know, I, I feel like you have a lot that you've gone through. So I really want to unpack a little bit of where did, where did this all start with you? And what I mean by that is where, with your rise to the success that you have, what is that shift from where you were to saying, no, I'm, I can, I'm going to push forward and I'm going to change this into something that I'm successful in today. So where did that all start for you? I remember having a job as a, a, probably right out of high school. My dad got me this job at an insurance company, sitting behind a desk and answering phones. And it was an eight hour shift and I was miserable. I was miserable. And I remember that summer thinking, I never want to do something like this again. This is not who I am. I can't imagine having a career that this would be my life. And I thought at that age, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to my kids about that. You know, it is for some people, but I would think the majority of people don't want to do that either. And yet as a society, like that's normal, that's accepted. That's, you know, that's just kind of what you do. And so I knew at an early age that I, I don't, I didn't even know what I wanted to do with all things yet, but I didn't want it to be that. 
So I went into teaching and I took a year off after high school. I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. All of my friends were very smart. They all went off with their scholarships and, you know, they were doing all the things, checking all the boxes. And it took me a little bit longer to get to the place where I was serious about school. I put myself through college. I got my education degree, um, but I knew that I was going to take on that by myself. You know, I was paying the bills. I was having to support myself working full time. So it took me a minute and that's okay. That's okay with anybody that needs some more time out of high school. You know, um, I, so when I went to college, I was very serious about my studies because I was paying for it and I mm -hmm. couldn't afford honestly to retake a class. So I was very committed. So when I decided to do something, even back then looking at it, I was all in. I mean, if I really wanted to do something and I was like, this is it, this is the thing, whatever it is. I mean, I was, I was fully committed. And I feel like that even now, like, I don't want to just, you know, half do something. I'd rather just wait <laughs> and see if I still feel the same way in a week or two, mm -hmm. than just start something and kind of give it 30% and then back up. I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste time. I don't want the all the feelings that come with not trying the guilt that's associated with that. So I feel like just for me, it started that summer with that job and thinking, I don't want to do this. And, uh, and it just explored, it moved into teaching. And as a teacher, our day was different every day. I never sat at a desk for eight hours. I wasn't in a cubicle. Uh, you know, I sat on the floor with my kids. We went outside and had lessons. You know, we, uh, I, I was the teacher that I always wished I had. I became her. And I would try to remember and channel all the frustrations I had growing up with math and with writing and just wanting to be there in school myself, just, just wanting to go. And I tried to be the teacher that I needed, that I wished I had. And so I did that for eight years and um, I loved every minute of it. And then when I became a mom, everything changed and shifted all over again. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. What grade did you teach? I taught fourth and fifth grade. Oh, I have a fifth grader right now. <laughs> Truly love that age. I feel like it's still every one of my kids that have gone through fifth grade. I'm like, this is the year. This is the year. There's something magic that happens in fifth grade. He is. Oh my God. He's hilarious. He is. I mean, and he's just got such the coolest personality. And so <laughs> it's just, it's fun to see him shine. And that does it. And teachers are very impactful. Um, you know, as I, as I look at his teacher right now versus the one he had last year, um, it's made a drastic difference in like not only his behavior, but just how he shows up and how he's accountable for different things. And so you really do have such an impact on people. And so knowing that you wanted to not just be at that desk and that you really wanted to be moving and all that kind of stuff, I feel like that's, it's so important, but yet it's so empowered, empowering to other people. And you're really serving, you're serving that community and those mothers that are having those kiddos. And um, gosh, what a great career. I, I don't, I don't know if I was made to be a teacher of children. I love them so much, but man, they are, I, <laughs> I think teachers are saints hands down. Like you guys are, um, the patience is unbelievable. So thank you for doing that. Um, cause man, it is, it does. It takes a special woman that has that patient heart and the passion to be able to do that. So, um, thank you for that. You know, well, I think there's a calling too, for those people that do teach, you know, they might like the younger children. They might like the kids that are in high school and for me, interning was really powerful because I was with the kindergarten and first graders and I was like, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> it was just so, you know, the, some of the kids couldn't sit in a chair. Some kids didn't even speak English. And I mean, they were just, some kids knew, you know, third, fourth grade math and they were all in the same room. It was very overwhelming for me. Yeah. I went in and interned for a few months in a fourth grade classroom and I thought this is, this is a better fit for me. So I'm thankful that each teacher, you know, probably has that calling where like, this is the right fit for her. But you know what, something, something that happened to me when I was interning, I just thought of this, the second day that I was there. So at the end of your, um, you know, all your coursework, when you're in college, you go and you intern in a classroom and you're paired with a teacher and you slowly start picking things up that you teach and you're responsible for. So grade book, uh, parent conferences, teaching different subjects. And then at the very end, you do everything for about two weeks. And uh, on the second day that I was assigned to my teacher, her one of her ch uh, children got really sick with mono and she did not come back for eight weeks. And they brought in this little old woman who was a substitute probably in her eighties. And she was behind the desk, arms folded. I walked in, she's like, you know what you're doing, right? And I was like, um, <laughs> I, I started, 
I know. I started teaching everything. I started doing everything on day two. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just used my common sense and my practical brain just kicked in and I just figured it out. Yeah. And I think looking back at that, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Just throw yourself into the fire sometimes. Sink or swim, you will figure it out. It was the best thing that could have happened to me. Oh my God, what an experience. But to the point that you brought up, um, and then we'll go to the next question was like, I love that you also were, that you said that if you're in, you're all in and that you, you take that time to really evaluate if it's something that is for you, you know, and, and it, and, and I think that's so important because when we talk about people that are getting into entrepreneurship, you know, I think both of the, both you and I could probably relate on this where you see people that are like, I think I'm just going to do it because I have nothing else to do. And you're like, it's not like it's just, I just am sitting on the couch, have nothing else to do kind of thing. Like you've got to, you've got to want to have some sort of success or understand the goal that you're going for. And then to your other point is like, you know, you're going to see the different types of people that are sink or swim. Like I'm going all in here. I go, I'm going to figure it out as I go, which like that would probably be like my type of personality as well. Or you have the people that need a little more of that handholding, you know, to, to guide, which I don't necessarily think there's like the right or wrong way, but I do think to your point, you've got to know why you're going into business. It is not something just to say, I have nothing else to do and I'm bored. I've got some extra time on my hands. Like that there's gotta be that thought process behind like, what do I want out of this kind of thing? Right? Yes. When I joined my company 11 years ago, I remember thinking if I'm going to start posting and doing this, I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to start doing this. And then a couple of days later, I just completely back off and then I'm back in and I'm off. And I didn't feel like people would take me serious. If I did that, I really tried to like, look at how I would see myself from their point of view. And I wanted to be respected. I wanted people, even though I knew some people would think what I'm doing was crazy and dumb and all of those things. I knew there would be that judgment, but I didn't want to not have the credibility. Yeah. So I wanted to learn a little bit each day. I wanted to get better along the way. I didn't have to be perfect by any means when I started or have it all figured out, but I just wanted people to take me serious. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you start something and you back it off and you start another thing and you back it off and now you're over here doing this, that credibility, you know, for me, when I look at someone like that, that's doing all sorts of things and don't really ever get anywhere with any of them. You know, it's not something I personally would trust to lead me and that I would really want to take advice from if I'm looking for coaching or, you know, fitness or whatever it may be. I just wanted to have that credibility. So I thought if I'm going to do this, I'm going to really put myself in this, invest the time, figure it out, get better. But I want to be professional the whole way through so that people take me serious. I couldn't love that enough. And I think I've been in, in the industry for about 25 years and same with you. And I think that's one thing that has always been consistent. And I'm sure you teach on it as well as I do that, you know, people who want to join you in business are going to pay attention to what it is that you're doing, how you're showing up. And they can tell, they can tell on your consistency is, oh, are you taking the summer off? Or oh, are you, t-, you know, oh, you've disappeared for a few months because that's how you show up in your business. So how are you going to show up to them as a leader? And, you know, you want to have that person that, that you can trust because that's ultimately what you're building is your no like, and trust factor, um, to have business partners to join you. So I love that. So with you, like, what is the greatest, um, struggle in business that you've had overall? Cause we'll get into more ones that maybe are like right now, but what's the greatest struggle in business that you have had overall and how did you overcome that? Well, for me personally, I, when I lost people on my team, that was really hard for me. People that I had gotten close to people that I had worked very well and very close with for years when they moved on to something else. Um, I took it personally for the first few years that that was happening and it would shake my confidence. It would, uh, shut me down. You know, I got quiet. I was hurt. Uh, I brought my emotional heart into that. And at the end of the day, it is business. And I've learned, I feel, I hope, I pray, I've learned better in these last few years how to really see this as business and not ruin or change relationships if that's not the right fit for somebody anymore, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. I think it's taken a, a mature side of me to be able to do that. Um, and, and the way I look at it is if people move on now, I try so hard to be so grateful for the time that I had with them 
and all the blessings that came because we crossed paths that I would never have had any other way. So I try to just see that as like, thank you. Thank you for these last four years. Like, I don't know where I'd, I'd be without you these last four years instead of the hurt that they're leaving and somehow that that had anything to do with me. I try to just be grateful for the yeah. time that we had together. And that shifted my, uh, my feelings and my perspective about that. I love that. And I, wa I want to say like when I think it goes both, there's, there's another piece of that too, because it is really hard to not take it personally. Cause you take it as almost like a leader of like, Oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? Did I fail that kind of stuff? And so, but I also think for those that maybe are listening that have had somebody quit, I've seen the other opposite where it's like the guard goes up and the anger and the frustration and the almost like you are out of the tribe. Like we're not talking to you anymore. Mentality has come into play. And with you showing that grace and gratitude, I feel like how, how like you have more of an opportunity for somebody to come back to you because you have given them that grace because you have shown them that opportunity to say, Oh my gosh, like I'm so grateful for you and I haven't put my walls up. And so therefore I'm not going to, shun you. I don't want to out you because I would love to have you back. Right. Yeah. And even saying just that to somebody who yeah. does message you, or even if they don't, you could respond to them with that message right there. You could yeah. say exactly what you just said. That was beautiful. Oh, so, I mean, just imagine the change in the atmosphere of our teams in our companies, whatever business anyone is involved in. Yeah. Imagine if we approached it like that, really. I mean, it takes a really grown up heart to do that because my gosh, we all turn into, you know, middle schoolers when someone does that and we've got the gossip. And I mean, I truly, I have fallen on my face a couple of times early on with this exact situation. So I think there was one leader that left and she was very kind. She messaged me early one morning and just was very, very polite, very professional, how she said she was moving on and wanted to let me know. And I literally thought about all of the people that had come into my life because of her. And in that moment, I just sat there on my couch, seven o'clock in the morning, and I just was sobbing, not because she was leaving, but I was so grateful for her. Yeah. She changed my whole business. Yeah. She changed everything. And who would I be without her? You know. And so I think in that moment, so much had already happened with other people and so many years. And, and I just thought, I'm going to do it different starting right now mm -hmm. because it's so special. And what she did was so invaluable to me. I'm not going to mess this up. And I really, truly meant it when I said, I'm so thankful for our time. I wouldn't change a thing. And I wish you honestly, genuinely the best, whatever you do for me. Well, and I, and I think for listeners that you guys, if you're listening now and you're in, in our, in the industry or any business, if, if you are a brick and mortar, if you are, you know, um, any sort of virtual business, any business, direct sale business, you know, those nuggets that Christy just said are so powerful because you have to always look at what's the silver lining. What did that person bring to your life? And just like you, I've, I've gotten that bitterness of like, almost like, how dare you leave? Like, but not, not remembering, like they're their own person. They have to do what's best for them. And maybe this isn't the journey. Just like I've gone, you know, with other companies before, and I've had that same experience and knowing now I'm like, man, that really hurt. So it's like, why do I don't want to do that to people anymore? Like wish them well on their way. And guess what? They might actually come back. And that's the cool thing. So I, that is such an important lesson that you just said. And I hope you listeners out there look at moving forward at if somebody does leave your team or to not get angry, not get bitter, but know what have they introduced to you? What, what is it that they've brought to your life to make it richer and better? And so if you can, if you can listen to that in your heart and know that, something good did come out of it. And just because they've moved on to th something that's going to serve them to help serve other people in maybe a more efficient way for themselves, like that's okay. You know, and that's, that's, I think a huge lesson. So, oh my gosh, I just, I can't love that tip enough. Um, so when we talk about another challenge, like what is a current challenge that you're facing right now? Oh my gosh. I feel so overwhelmed with all of the platforms that are out there and how to best use our time and what's the most beneficial and what they even are. And they're changing so quickly. And, you know, being I'm 47. So, you know, you've got these kids that are coming out there, just knocking it out of the park from the get go. And there can be this feeling being a little bit older and more mature in my, in my years, <laughs> thinking that I somehow have to compete with them. I don't, I don't have to, but there's that idea that I do. Um, there's, there's so much that is pulling for our attention 
it can be very overwhelming to the point that it shuts people down. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, that's been my biggest challenge the last few years is really how to stay relevant, how to stay current. And, and then as soon as you get your mind around that, it's something else. And I think it's, I think it's very challenging right now to figure out where to best use our time. That's going to make the most powerful punch for our business and what, what our goals are. Yeah. I, I, I can agree on that because it, they've just become so huge and like you and I, there was no social media when we first started in this industry of direct sales. Like there was none whatsoever. It was the, you go to people's houses and you go, you, you pick them up on the way. And like, so you had that, that, and now it's just like, oh my God, there is, there's so much technology. And you know, what's kind of cool. I was talking to my husband about this just a few minutes ago and he was like, you know, it's a double-edged sword, social media and all these platforms where, yeah, like everything that I just said with all this bombarding men of our time and attention, but we now have a market of like, depending on what you're selling, you can talk to 13 and 15 year olds, you know what I'm saying? With whatever product or all the way up to 80, 90 year olds that are using social media still. So, you know, back in the day, that door to door type salesman, you know, this has just opened everything up for us. It's just really trying to figure out what is your best niche? Where do you shine and feel the most comfortable? Um, how, what, what, once you figure it out, and this is, this is, I think the, the problem is like, which platform is it? And if it's that today, will it be that next month or next season? So yeah. um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? For me, I would say, I feel like it's the algorithm game. Like it's that whole, and, and you see that with, I see it with my organization. You see teams get frustrated because they're like, I'm posting and I'm doing all this stuff. And, you know, and they feel like they want that instant, that instant gratification of like, well, I made this and it was an amazing post and I spent all this time on it. Not remembering that you're only getting a very small percentage that's shown to that audience of people. So I feel as though, you know, it, it is that, yes, you have all the different platforms, but you don't want to spread yourself too thin kind of game because then it's, you know, you can't do everything well all at the same time. So, but having that patience and, and really knowing that the right people will come to you. And that's one of the other things that I've really noticed when people seem to join um, a business and we'll use network marketing as an example, but for some reason, I feel as though they forget about their personal self and they, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I am Susie sells a lot of this product and that's who I am. And that's all I am. And they forget about, no, I am a human. I have passions. I have hobbies. I have a career. I have got an education. I've got family. Like they forget about the other pillars of their life because all of a sudden they've taken on this product and they feel as though that's the piece that has to only be seen which actually, in my opinion, eliminates a lot of those other people because they have completely forgot about the other pillars for them to share, to draw those people to them as a, as a, as a, someone they can serve. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone's selling something, right. And so when you look at all of these, I mean, anything could be out there and all the ads that pop up in between everybody selling something that we know, I think that the feeling of just not being authentic, Mm -hmm turning into everybody else, trying to make the same post and the same pitch that everyone else is making. It doesn't feel good. And it doesn't feel good, especially over time when you do it enough. And I think that's where a lot of people can lose their motivation and lose the the whole reason why they even started because it doesn't feel good anymore because they're they're not even themselves anymore. They turn into someone they don't even recognize trying to copy and be like everyone else. When, when you're an entrepreneur, my gosh, this is your chance. This is your chance to be in your own lane. Watch what other people are doing, find out what they're doing, but then do it the way that it feels right for you. And the only thing you're going to know is by jumping in the fire and figuring out, like making a vulnerable post. Yeah. It'll be scary, but you're probably going to get more response when you really say what you want to say, use words that you would really use and start there. That's probably going to be the best way to go about it. And then on day two or three, the tendency and probably, you know, the fear is like, I don't want to do that every day. Let me just go back to what's safe and use this copy paste option. Mm-hmm. You're not really going to get any traction there. It's really when we are truly authentically ourselves, like we say what we want to say, we yeah. do what we can do. And we have that, that room to be creative. Yes. Um, I think that's where we're going to keep our passion. Number one, we're going to stay excited. 
and we're actually going to get more business. Yes. Oh, wholeheartedly. Like you're speaking my language. I love it. I love, love, love it. Cause it's so, it's so true. And when people do that, they do, they, they actually enjoy doing their business more, you know, and they, if the fun comes back in, it's when you become that robot, it's just like, Oh, I, and, and yeah. I always feel like the default is the, the person that doesn't plan properly. And it's, I just default to a product post because it's the easiest. It's something I can throw up there. I can say I've checked it off for the box and then guess what happens? We just don't get sales and we continue to lose, you know, right. we, we lose the, 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 um, not content, but we lose the, the following or the, the interaction. You just, you lose all of that. So yeah. I think what happens though, I think we're just all, you know, we're all just human and what we put up something and we don't make a lot of sales because people are watching. It takes a minute for people to really want to buy what we have to sell anyways. It's going to take a minute. So then we get nervous and we're like, well, maybe I'll just, I'll just post the way that Patty is over there. Cause like what I'm doing isn't working. Maybe what Patty's doing is working and I'm yeah. just going to take Patty's words and I'm going to post Patty's words. And then we just do that. It's out of fear that my words aren't going to, aren't going to land right. If I really say what yeah. I want to say, they won't buy from me. So I'm just yeah. going to take this copy paste and then they don't get anywhere. So I think really just getting back to the heart of why you joined whatever company or business that you're doing, like really, what was it about that? That was so special that yeah. pulled at your heartstrings that made you say yes. Like you have to get back to that and not just once, but you know, 11 years in six years in whatever it may be yeah. and really using words and phrases and pictures that resonate with you and being creative and, and, you know, walking into that again, cause it can yeah. be scary when you've just been copying pasting for so long. Well, and just, and I think too, like with, for me, like I, I know you're in your, in faith and I'm in faith and I just feel like God has something for you to share. And God has given you a path on purpose. And, you know, your, your path is not Patty. It, it, when you look at that, it's, it's, that path is Patty's path. And when you're not sharing yours, you're cutting yourself short in the gifts that you've been given. And you're not serving the people that were intended to hear your message. And so thus no one's going to be served because you have chosen to not walk, you know, yeah. into your authentic, like those things that have been given to you as gifts you know, are going to bless somebody in some way, shape or form. So just walking in faith and knowing like I have something to offer and as authentic as it might be, and it might not be that you, you know, are over there shining rainbows 24 seven, you may have like a walk that someone needs to hear, but it may have caused you pain. Like there's just things I think that, I don't know. I think everybody's not everybody, but I feel like a lot of people on social media only want to see the rainbows and the butterflies. And it's like, but that doesn't always relate to people. There's those people out there that need to hear those other things and other people's walks through challenges that are going to encourage them that are going to also draw them to you. Cause that is truly what it's there for. So yeah, I love it. Well, sharing a really personal story. Um, you know, I cheered uh, for the NFL. I was with the Kansas city chiefs for several seasons and the night before I auditioned, uh, I was in a different marriage back then. Um, I think one of the questions that you said we would go over is like, what advice would you give your 20 year old self? And it would be to run away from the red flags. <laughs> um, <laughs> later. But I, I married somebody, I think I was more in love with the idea of being married than, than this person and how our relationship was. Uh, but I was married to somebody else, not my, my husband. We've been married 20 years, almost this summer, 20 years. Oh, congrats. So thanks. But I was, you know, I was in another marriage. It was, um, it was very uh, tumultuous in every way and chaotic. Mm -hmm. So the night before I went to try out for the NFL, uh, I'd been practicing and I was ready and I was excited. And he said to me, do you really think you're going to make the team tomorrow? And I said, I think I have a chance. I mean, I, I feel good about it. Yeah. I feel like I'm ready. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way you're going to make that team tomorrow. Oh, bye-bye. Oh my God. I remember like just even back then, and I share this story because I posted this on, on social media years back and it was such a vulnerable post. And I was so scared to do this, but I think it's so easy to look at someone and be like, Oh, she was in the NFL cheerleader. But like, let me tell you what happened because there's a whole other side to it. That's dark that nobody would know, but it changed everything. So those words cut so deep and no. I cried so hard. And then I got mad. Then I got really mad. And I remember looking at myself in the bathroom and I'm crying and I got really mad and I couldn't believe, you know, I didn't grow up like that. I, I grew up in a very healthy family for the most part. Wow. And I wasn't used to being talked to like that and treated that way. And it hurt really bad for me. And so the next day, as I walked into the room and I saw all of the women that were trying out, 
I walked into that room with so much confidence that I was going to make that team. I'm going to make that team. And without what had happened the night before, I don't know if I would have walked in with that kind of vigor and passion and commitment to it. I mean, there was no way I was not going to make that team. I felt it in my bones. Yeah. But it came because of what happened the night before, you know, and how, how could I looking back now be mad about that? I'm grateful that it happened because it showed me really who he was early on. And mm-hmm. it also started a spark in me that, that changed my life. You know, so I think looking back at some of the darkest points of our life, if we really are honest and we go back through, like, what did that teach you? Who are you today that you would not have been had that not been said or done to you? Yeah. You know, and, and we can turn from being the victim to really being victorious in our life. So like, thank you for the lesson. Thank you for those words because it changed my life. Yes. And see you later. <laughs> yes. I'll wait for away from the stand. <laughs> no, I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it because it is, it's when we are put under that pressure that we can choose to shine. And so what an amazing story. I mean, enough. It, and most of the journeys are not fun to go through. Like they're not, they're, they're stressful. They, it takes tenacity, you know, to get through that stuff. So, you know, if you're in a situation right now and you're listening to this podcast, you're like, okay, like this, there's look at the silver lining. There's a lesson in everything that we go through, whether, you know, whatever it might be, but chances are you may not be enjoying what you're going through right now, but it's prepping you for something. There's something coming. And and so thank you for sharing that. What an amazing, um, what an amazing story. I just, I love that. Yeah. Um, so, well, you know, a couple weeks ago I was in, uh, Elevation is right here. Um, I, I really enjoy attending Elevation and the pastor, Stephen Furtick, he said something that was very, very powerful a few weeks ago. And he said, you know, we're scrolling all day long, right? Like we just endlessly scroll. Anytime we have a free moment, mm-hmm. we get on our phones, most yes. people. And he said, we don't leave time for creativity. There's no time to imagine, to daydream, to think about our goals, our dreams. We're not allowing any space or time in our day for this anymore. So even if, even if someone's going through the darkness, what if they're spending so much time scrolling and numbing themselves that they don't even know what the lesson is. They're not even looking for the silver lining. They're just sad and broken, but they're scrolling and they're not leaving any space or time for healing, for understanding, for insights, for ah moments. There's no time built in our day. We're not leaving room for it. And I just thought like, gosh, when I was a kid, you know, when we were younger, we played outside. We went out, you know, we took walks, we stared at a wall because there wasn't things to do. You're like, we had all this time that we could be creative and play and imagine and dream. I don't know if our kids are doing that. No, I don't don't think they are. Yeah. I mean, if we're not as adults, why would our kids be any different? So I just thought that was really good. Just thinking of the lessons and the insights that we've had, like, do we even have time to do that? To realize what we've been through, what we've overcome, what we really want do we have any time built in our day to even know that? Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, having my three kids too, I feel like that's, that is a piece where it's like, you have to take away technology. You have, or like if, if it's so, yeah, I feel like if you're running so much by, um, the calendar, you have to time block, you have got to set aside something like in the morning time, I'll listen to, I will listen to things on my way to the gym. And it's usually something for my mind space and my head space just to allow that piece of it as opposed to getting on and scrolling and who looked at my post from midnight to 6am, you know, kind of thing. It's like, but you have, you do, if you're that type of planning person and it's that plan out, you've got to make some time to do that because it's so important. And I, and I saw a story on your page uh, today that has been in my mind um, since last night and I'm not going to, I don't want to cry over it, but it was, it's devastating to me about this um, young man that I feel as though wasn't heard and he didn't have an opportunity to, I don't know, to almost like process the emotions for his family to process what he was going through and to um, react appropriately. It was just a very like, we're just going, we're going, you're going, you deal with it, you deal with it, you deal with it to where we're not listening enough. And, you know, it was, um, unfortunate what happened to him. Very unfortunate. And it's just, I feel as though a lot of it is we just don't take that time to check 
out of social media and check into our own life sometimes and the daily things. And so again, if you're listening, take time to hear, take time to download um, and ask and to ask what for the things that you want, but also take time to listen and be willing to receive. And so, um, and if you have a child, listen, listen to them. So I have three teenagers and I'm learning all sorts of different things about them as they get older, 13, 14, and 17. So um, my 13 year old, she's very with it and very cool. And um, it's hard to talk to her when she comes home from school, you know, how was your day good, right? Like standard, normal, but she'll talk to me when we drive in the car together. So I know if I can pick her up from school or if I can take her to soccer or I can take her here or wherever, she'll talk with me. And that's our time together because I might not get it here. Yeah, I might not really know what's going on in her life any other way. And my oldest daughter, my 17-year-old, she talks to me when we go walking. Okay. But so I leave my phone and I go walking with her because that's, that's the only time I really get her to open up with me. Yeah. So I think if we really, really start learning, you know, how our kids are, but finding a place and a time where they will open up with you. And so you can really hear them and they can really share, you know, in that story that you're talking about, maybe there was no time built in for any of that. It was just go, go, go. We're all guilty of that sometimes. So I'm trying to just be more aware of that. Like, where can I really spend time with my kids? But where they'll talk to me, where they'll share things. And like, what, what do I have to do? What kind of environment do I have to create where, they, where we can do that? I'm yeah. willing to learn. I'm willing to figure it out because I want them to talk and know it's a safe place and not just be scrolling on their phones and numbing everything out because they're going to turn into adults that do the same thing. So I'm learning as I go here with my kids, but also for myself too. So when do I feel most connected to myself? You know, I love church because that's where I I just feel good. I feel better. So I know I need to go to church. There's some Sundays I don't want to go. I got all these things I might want to do instead, but like I feel better. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go because I know I'm going to feel better and exercise and whatever it may be. Think about what it is where you feel better, where you feel more connected to yourself. You just feel like yourself. Yeah. You feel like yourself. Yeah. I think that's, you know, I teach spin class and I always say at the end, you know, I feel like we ride back to ourselves. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Our head's clear. We've been off our phone for an hour. We've just gotten lost in the beat, our breath, the endorphins releasing. Like we just feel more like ourselves right now than we did an hour ago. And I'll take it. Like that's enough for me for right now. If it's a little bit better, I'll take it. I love it. And spin classes are amazing classes. I love them. I love them. But okay. So now let's, so let's go back. I know we've kind of gone off, but you can, I, have, I have just enjoyed this conversation so much. <laughs> like, so We're going to like, let me meander us back over here. So when we talk about dreaming and we talk about your goals for, for your business, how can you keep that dream at the forefront for yourself? What do you do to keep your dream at the forefront? Oh, this is a great question. I think, I think this is a cliche question. People ask this all the time, but like really sitting with what this means to you. Like, what do I really want? Like the movie, the notebook, like, what do you want? But seriously, like, what do you want? And when I would daydream again, making room to really just close my eyes and think, what do I want? What do I want my night to look like in the evening when my kids are home? What do I want my senior years to look like when I'm, you know, 70? What do I, what do I want my home to be like? Yeah. I mean, just not buying whatever house, but like, what do I really want my home to feel like? So that when we go and tour the houses, let's say you walk into one and you're like, gosh, this feels good because you've had this idea for a little while. So I try to do that. I try to lead uh, the last part of my bar classes with some visualization exercises. So people just have a moment to really think about what they want to go into the future and just imagine and I think if we do that, we'll know more what we want and more of what we don't want. So that we're in, when we're in a situation that just feels weird and awful, it's because this has no bearing on what we actually want and we can recognize the difference. Yeah. But if we don't know what we want, how will we ever know that too? So oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, for me, I just wanted to be free. I saw my parents struggle my whole life financially. Uh, there was no money to do vacations or trips. Um, you know, I had to buy everything starting at a very early age. And that was hard. You know, it was hard to babysit enough that I could buy <laughs> clothes and all that, you know. And so I just I, I just didn't want that for my kids. Mm-hmm. I wanted something different for them. Not that they don't have any chores or responsibilities, but I didn't want them to have to feel about money the way that I did growing up. Yeah. So I like just, that. Yeah. You know, um, I just wanted to feel free. And a, a bigger house with a bigger mortgage, it might be nice, but that's not freedom. 
It's mm-hmm. not freedom. And then always worried, what if something shifts so much and then I can't pay this mortgage and we're back to square one. We're worse than we were when we started. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And so I think just really having time to think about what do you want? And then this is for all things, your body, your fitness, your health. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't care really what size I am. Um, I just want to feel comfortable in my skin. I want to feel comfortable in my clothes. I want to have energy. I want to feel good. Whatever number that may be, so be it. But I want to feel a certain way. And for finances, same thing. I, I want to feel free. I want to feel like I could. We just bought Ed Sheeran tickets last night. I'm so excited. I'm taking the whole family. All seven of us are going. Amazing. And, um, oh, my gosh. He just put out a documentary two nights ago. And it is so good. I've, I've loved him for years. But, like, it's on a whole other nev- level of love now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so being able to just do this, just go to Atlanta and have a weekend and go take the kids to a concert. Like, I want there to always be room for that yeah. in our budget that's not going to stress us and strain our finances, but that we always have that freedom to do that. That's what I want. I love it. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's your I think I think it's it's easy. It's really setting aside that time to let it come to you and to think, to, to say, what do I want out of my life? And that's how you keep it at the forefront is you have to constantly do it and it will always change. You know, you can't just do it one time. You have to continuously do that. My husband and I will go on walks and we constantly are talking about our dreams and what do we want and what does it look like? And what's, what are we doing over here? And what's going over here? Like we constantly are doing that because it always shifts. It always, something will always change or there's a detail that changes. And so I love that because it's not hard to do. I think people think there's a secret sauce and it's like, no, you have to just know what it is that you want and you have to put that out there. And, but you have to take that time to do that and to, to say, what do I, to think about that kind of stuff. That's why vision boards, that's why all of that stuff is so powerful because I mean, I've man, I'm sure you have manifested a ton too. I've, I've, I found a, a check I wrote, it was five years ago. No, when was it? 2016, gosh, seven years ago. And I wrote it for five years in the future. Mm-hmm. It was an audacious. It was like, oh, whoa, like this would be crazy. And I found it as we had just moved into our new house and I found it and we had hit that goal two years before the end date even hit. And it was just, but it was, it was the fact that I had even put that out there that I had said, this is what I want to do to empower other women and to change my family's future, you know, and to see that or to see other things come on your vision board that have come true or, um, you know, different things in the house that you were like, I want that backsplash. That's the exact one you have, you know, just, I don't know. I love that because it's cool. Well, and I took it a step further too, where I would just try to imagine how our evening would play out, having dinner at the kitchen and seeing the kids there at the bar and having just this electric energy in the house and talking over dinner and having friends come over. And I could just see it in my mind. Like, this is the family I want. This is the the energy that I want in my house. This is the, yeah. um, the vibration that I want. When people come in, I want them to feel comfortable. I don't want it to feel like a museum. I want it to feel comfortable and at home. I want my kids to feel like, because I learned this the hard way. You know, my parents lived in the same house for 30 something years. And, and I'll tell you, this was life changing too. My dad was uh, in this company for over 20 years. He was getting ready to retire and the company was sold. And on a random Tuesday, they let all of the senior executives go. And my dad, who had been there for 24 and a half years, ready to hit that 25th year, was escorted out of the building by a security guard with the other executives, with all of his belongings in a box. And I get emotional thinking about this because my dad is truly the hardest worker that I've ever known. I know I am who I am because of my dad. And I imagine how hard that was for him. And I would think like he did everything right. Went to college, had a job, supported his family, had this career, was going to retire with this company, did everything right. And on a random Tuesday, like we never know when that's going to happen. And so my parents had to sell their home that we had grown up in. Like that was our home, even though we all were married and moved on. But Sunday night dinner and all the holidays, you know, that was our home. And we lost our home. And uh, my parents moved into an apartment and, you know, just all these things unfolded for them. But I remember thinking like the feeling of home was blurred. Like this place that I had just known for 30 something years was gone. And, um, so for me, like one of my biggest dreams is I want a lake house and it doesn't have to be audacious or crazy, but I want this lake house because I want a boat and I want a boat because I want to take the kids and the grandkids and I want to just take Sunday night boat rides. And I can already see it in my mind. 
I can already see how I want my senior years to be when I become a grandma. Like I have a seven-year-old, but I'm already thinking about what I'm going to be like as a grandma. But I can't wait. Like I can already see it. Like it's already there, you know? And so I think if you just, the lessons from our life, if we just learn, like I, I don't want my kids to feel like they don't have a home. You know, I want them to know mom and dad, this is our home Sunday night. This is what we do. We're going on the boat ride. You know, I just, I want that. And and then at the same time, we've been in this beautiful home for uh, six years now, and this is their home, you know, this is their safe place. So, you know, they'll have to like figure all that out because I was that person too. I didn't want to lose that safe place. So I don't know, you know, life's just, life's all about learning and figuring things out as we go. But I think the reason that we have these dreams is because we feel like we're going to feel a certain way when we reach them. Yeah. And uh, with my company, I remember thinking, this top level uh, that I was going for, you know, the tippity top, Mm -hmm. I thought I would feel a certain way when I reached it, you know, and all along the way working and, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. I remember the night that I hit this level and the computer changed and there was this title that I had worked so hard for and I saw it and there was a crisis happening with my daughter and the dog. And I'm like, <laughs> but I remember it was like so underwhelming. It was not this moment at all. And life was right there in the next breath. And yeah. you're not going to feel, you know, all these goals are, are wonderful. But I think the feeling behind them is, is what I'm more concerned about now. How I feel working towards this goal, how it's going to feel when it's there. Um, and it's going to shift as we get older, you know, and our priorities change too. Oh, 100%. I, yes. And you have, you have so much, you have so much wisdom and knowledge and I, and I, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I absolutely have. I'm loving this, but for those that are listening right now, where can they find you on social? Like where would be the main place if they're like, I can relate to Christy, like we need to chat. Where do you want to direct people? You know, I've had the most success on Facebook. I mean, I really am just like old school Facebook. I feel like I do still most of my work and my coaching with my team and uh, just sharing things that for me gets the most audience, the most traction has, um, has always been Facebook. So um, just Christy DeVacy's on Facebook is the best way to reach me. Perfect. I love that. I love it. And, um, and clearly she's easy to talk to you guys. So honestly, if you want to reach out, please reach out to her for any, I mean, uh, again, the knowledge, life, um, many, many things, which is fantastic. And so, um, as we, let's see here uh, for the audience that is brand new and just getting started, what is your biggest takeaway or tip, um, or order of advice that you would like to share with them? Well, I would say to talk to people that have done, even if they're not doing it now, if they've done something currently or in the past that you want to do, talk to someone, find someone it's, you could spend hours watching tutorials on YouTube and really not get anywhere. So I would find someone that is where you want to be, done what you want to do, have a conversation with them, really learn from them. I think that's really important. Um, I think someone just getting started, a tip, uh, learn as much as you can and then just jump into the fire because I'm working with this girl now who's uh, going to start teaching spin and we've been spending time after class and I'm you know, she's on the mic and she's trying to get her voice and all this. And I'm like, listen, the only way you're going to be great at this is if you just do it, you're just going to have to do it. And you're going to have really, really bad classes in the beginning, probably, but that's how you're going to learn. There's no other way to learn. You just have to do it. Yeah. So I would say, talk to someone, learn what you can, but then like, just do something, just, just do something, move your feet. You're going to find more momentum and more energy and more excitement rather than just sitting and constantly reading and second guessing yourself or copying Patty paste over there. Like you're just going to have to do it and figure it out along the way. This is an analogy I use in spin class all the time. When I was running with my dad growing up, we'd always go running together and I was always looking for a way out. I'd be like, stop at the tree dad. Can we just walk when we get to the end of the road? Like I'm always looking for little milestones where we could just stop. Right. And he'd always say to me, figure it out, Christy, figure it out, figure it out. Just, just that figure it out. And so that's kind of been my mantra my whole life is like, figure it out. And it's going to take a minute and you're going to fall on your face and you're going to jump in the fire, but like figure it out. Yes. And the only way you can is by doing. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. Some way it's always figure outable. All right. Let's jump into our lightning round here. So these are super short, easy um, to go through. What is your favorite book? You know, the book that I still would always say as cliche it is, but it's changed my life is how to win friends and influence others. 
um, Dale Carnegie, when, when friends and influence people, I think is the title. I was mm -hmm. like, which part is it? But I figured out in college, when I read that book, how to talk to anyone, I can get along with anyone by the principles that I learned in this book. It changed my life. It changed my confidence. Uh, I've never been the same because of that book. I so I it. highly recommend that one. Okay, great, great. How about what is your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. Um, I could eat sandwiches every day. I could eat salad every day and I could eat salmon every day. Those are my three favorite. They all start with S for <laughs> I love it. And then how many hours do you sleep a night? Not enough, but I'm sure everybody answers and says that. Um, I, you know, I fall asleep when midnight, I guess I go to bed. I, I need more sleep, but I find that I'm just busy and I like to clean up the house at night when the kids are in bed. But um, I believe in naps. When you need a nap during the day, I do not feel guilty about it. Uh, I'm unapologetically like I'm going to lay down for 20 minutes, you know, or 30 minutes or whatever it is. Sometimes it's hard to do that. But I definitely believe in power naps when you need them. Your brain's telling you you need rest um, for a reason. So uh, if I don't get enough sleep at night, I'm definitely not afraid to take a nap the next day. I love that. I need to, I need to heed that advice. <laughs> and then we know that you're married. We know you have the five kiddos. And then, so, so onto our last one is what's one thing you would tell your 20 year old self? Uh, truly, honestly, listen to your intuition and trust your gut when it comes to red flags with people. Cause you're going to have friendships. I think one of the hardest things in life is when you get in a toxic friendship or a toxic romantic relationship I mean, you can lose years of your life in confusion and self-doubt. And when those red flags come out in the beginning, and they will, they will, you'll see them, but you'll ignore them and you'll talk yourself out of them and you'll justify things or just sweep, sweep, sweep under the rug. Those red flags will become mountains. Yeah, They will. And so to really listen to your intuition and your gut, um, when a red flag presents itself, really pay attention. I, I would tell my younger self that. Yes. I've, this has been so fun. This has been just doing this podcast has been so insightful with so many people. And so you guys, um, I can't thank you enough for being here, Christy. I feel like you're going to touch a lot of people with this. I feel like it's going to connect with a lot of people. Um, so for those that are listening now, if you um, contact Christy, you reach out to Christy. Um, she is on Facebook and um, you know, know that here on this podcast, you're going to hear somebody different every single week with a different journey, with a different path. Um, if, if, you know, last week's didn't connect with you, maybe this week's is going to connect with you, or maybe the next week's going to connect with you share or like with a friend that's that you, someone, you know, could use this encouragement and is maybe walking this path in their life. Um, that's the goal of this is to let other women know that someone else has also gone through the same thing and can guide you moving forward. And so you guys, thank you again, Christy, for being here. And until next time and next week, you guys, you have a fantastic rest of your week and weekend, and we will see you next week with another um, amazing guest and episode on Rise with Tenacity. Thank you guys. Thank you so Bye. much. Thank you.